welcome. Uh, welcome everyone to the this week's episode of the Derek Bowles podcast. Um, for those of you that are new listeners, I hope you enjoyed um, the kind of new style that I'm going with with these podcasts. I noticed that my viewership is still kind of mostly prevalent with me and Nick, uh, but I've been getting a few views here and there with the kind of the weekly monologues that have been going on. So I'm going to keep them going because, <laughs> to be fair, I have no friends. But uh, we're going to have to cut that part out, but uh, we're going to go with... So today I'm just kind of following this another, not really another script, but I went with a new outline on ChatGPT, so there's no theme today, we're just kind of riffing, and hella fucking pausing mid-thought, and forgetting where I was at and what I was doing, um, but today I wanted to talk about a couple couple things, um, and I mean, it's just a simple Monday for here, um, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and not much goes on on day-to-day. It, to be honest, it's a struggle to get by. So it's wake up in the morning, take care of the baby, send my wife on her way to um, go work as a teacher. And I spend the better part of the morning trying to just wake up because I stay up way too late working and I wake up way too early trying to take care of everything. And my wife's pregnant, and I got a lot going on, it feels like. And it's just things going on all at once, and no sleep ever for this guy. So my mor- my, my morning routine kind of tin- starts off with just a simple cup of coffee. You know, drink it black, and then I plop on the couch, let the dogs play outside. They annoy the crap out of the neighbors, um, or I assume they would. But we live in a dog neighborhood, so no one really seems to mind them just barking all morning. But while they're outside in the cold or rain or whatever weather it happens to be in, I'm on the couch entertaining the baby and getting a cup of coffee. And uh, I let the baby just kind of entertain herself in her play area. And I usually try to keep like a half eye on her. And I'll usually first thing in the morning doesn't matter how tired I am and it's it's been really hard but I've been trying to read first thing in the morning don't even mess around with my cell phone I have it in my vicinity but I just leave it on the table and I usually just check the time to monitor what time I start reading and I try the goal is indefinitely I'm going to keep this going forever so my my daily goal is a minimum of 10 minutes and the reason I said it's so low is to keep it continuously achievable like I can hit 10 minutes now 10 minutes is nothing that might be a half a page one day but that's the bare minimum half a page or a page 10 minute goal every single fucking day forever and the reason I wanted it so low is I wanted it easy I wanted it achievable no matter what rain snow you know my wife's giving birth Baby's throwing up or running around in the chaos. Dogs are escaping. 
what have you, cars break down, hailstorms, anything, I can read in, uh, a little couple pages in 10 minutes. So just keeping it super simple like that. Anything longer than that, and it tends to be a little bit more daunting. Right? If I made a daily goal of an hour, right, I might read for an hour every single day. But if my goal minimum is an hour, then if I get interrupted, then it it may it loses that endorphin rush and you're constantly battling of like mental hurdles of like you're interrupting, you're interrupting, you're interrupting of whoever might be in your vicinity. So I get rid of that. Now I do the same thing with coding too. I told myself a couple months back I'm gonna code every single day. Right? Um, no matter what, what's going on. At the end of the day, I'm going to sit down after the wife's asleep, after the baby's asleep, once the dogs are asleep, everyone's asleep, I'll stay up a little bit later, and I'm going to code for, I started off doing 10 minutes, just like this reading kind of exercise, but I've upped it to about 30 minimum. Now, now that I'm actually kind of at a level where I'm at the kind of mediocre uh, intermediate level now with Python coding, I've gotten past kind of like the early beginner stages. I would still consider myself a little bit beginner, but uh, the coding's starting to make sense, and I'm starting to work on my own kind of custom projects, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But I do the same thing. So I co I read for ten minutes. I code for ten minutes. I try to slip in some kind of art for ten minutes, and so that's an that's thirty minutes of creative things, artistic kind of things. Um, and I keep it super simple. Now the rest of the time around those things, when I actually sit down and start it, I still leave a lot of gray areas. So my morning routine might give myself an hour before working, right? From like 7.30 to 8.30. I might have a bare minimum of 10 minutes to read, but I give myself an hour to play with, right? And that gives that that expansive exploration of like what might be more achievable for that day. Now there's some time since I'm reading first thing in the morning where I've just fallen asleep on the pages drooling and only gotten two pages, but it's, it's super frustrating because that's not the most ideal goal to have, especially when you're reading a 300 page book in in one day in one morning and read only read two pages. And then the next read only read three pages and realize that was your, two days worth of work sitting down and barely made it five pages into the book it's kind of annoying but the reason I did this was even with this 10 minute goal and two minute two two pages read I achieve a whole lot more than just letting the book sit, sit there while I'm a stay-at-home parent letting the chaos of the family life um, reign free and not let me read books. I let the, the book I'm currently reading now is the third book in the Witcher series, the Baptism of, Baptism of Fire. I was reading, before I started this, I was finishing up Time of Contempt. And now I cracked this open and started this book probably last year before the baby was born. I think. And I read the better first chunk of it before she was born and then I De delayed and dawdled and waited for opportunities and would let like 
reading slip away for months at a time and then crack it open again for like a week and then it would fall away and so I was just kind of frustrated with that man that I wasn't satisfied with how much I was reading every day or just not reading in general waiting for these big good hour two hour sit downs at the end of the night that were just never going to happen so I just changed it completely and went with a more disciplined daily small micro method and the reason I'm talking about this is I'm trying to just give explore different thoughts for anyone that's listening of things to implement into their life right now my method might not be the best for everyone but currently at the moment it's working for me I've read continuously every single day for the last 20 days with no hiccups at all I haven't missed a single day doing this this method but like I've said there have been days when I got my 10 minutes in and I only read a page and a half right because I have a time requirement and not a page requirement my goals are always achievable no matter what so I'm on a 20-day continuous streak now for coding with the same thing I've lost track of what day I'm on uh, I finished the 100 days of code it feels like a month and a half ago it might be two um, and then I jumped into the various projects and I've been working on my side projects which I'll talk about in a little bit for probably like a week maybe two weeks now I mean I'm kind of losing track of where I'm at in these projects I'm having so much fun building them and kind of fluffing them out and sussing them out where where they need to go that I'm just at the end of the day I just crack open the code and I start typing away and trying to experiment and trying to get the code running and take little baby steps of where getting little functions here and there working little by little. And that's what I wanted to talk about next is kind of the coding process. I code at the very end of the day. I've been learning Python. I've been sticking with it because um, right now I haven't had a need of exploring anything else at the moment. Um, I might, in a little bit, explore some new coding languages while I'm still new. Um, I had an idea w for a program earlier today that I kind of want to just play around to see if it's doable. But I'm still focusing on my game and getting my tools built out. And that's what I've been working on this week is just keep more tools, more tools. So... So today's issue started off with just trying, I got the base, this program I'm working on it has two functionalities. It's kind of like a split screen setup. I have a loaded image that is a tile map and then I have a canvas that is going to be the, the essentially the map renderer. Um, I've gotten the functionalities of loading an image, a analysis performed on the image to crop and store in the program the pixel data of the image into various tiles, serialize those tiles, and, and assign them to specific grid coordinates to a graphic grid overlay in the program. So two nights ago, I got all that side functioning. So now I had to start working on the other half. 
And so yesterday night when I was streaming, I did uh, software design and game design uh, streaming last night. And I was just experimenting. And, and with relying on ChatGPT to do a lot of the coding, experimentation, and, and sussing out, uh, you can get kind of get stuck down Alice in Wonderland's rabbit hole of just write some code, have an error, give it the error, it make the correction, and then you re-edit the, the code, retest or run it, and then there's another error. And instead of mass fixing all the errors all at once and knocking them all out, it has this effect of like, oh, put a period here, put a colon here, fix this word here, rename this one here. And so you end up with this like one at a time systematic failure of coding. And so it's helpful to kind of come at it from different days or different different approaches. There have been times I've, I've, I've gotten down these rabbit holes several times and just one, one functionality method that I might be trying to call might not work. So sometimes I have to pull myself back and reassess and 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 ask the questions of the the ai since i don't know the all the functionalities and be like hey this is the goal what other methods can we call or what other coding libraries can we call that will have similar capabilities as what we're achieving tell me about other coding options right because code and computer logic so much happens at the binary level there's so many different ways of processing of information that the user doesn't necessarily see on the on the human level as the user we oftentimes just see what is on the display of the screen and we're not seeing what's happening of how the computer came to all those little little things um when I open up a tab of something where it figures out it wants to load, right? There's so much logic that can get programmed into this stuff. And so oftentimes when I'm using AI to help me code, oftentimes I have to pull myself back and ask several questions about like, how can we approach this in a different way, right? Because you're getting down this, stuck down this rabbit hole and you'll write code, you'll want to critique it and alter it but then it won't work and then it will come back in this looping effect that doesn't go anywhere and it'll just get lost over and over and over again so that's where i'm at today again i'm on day two trying to get the canvas operating and in one thing i decided to do was i i'm pulled myself out of getting both canvases to work and i I split the program again, which originally when I wrote the program, I was going to build a bigger program. I got to a point, got stuck. So I did a test function and I was like, okay, I'm going to build a test program of all the little code snippets, test them over here, bring them over here for the larger function. Well, the test pi, test.py got so massive. It got to be the general program again. So I saved that, renamed it, and I, I started a new um, test.py. So now I'm, I'm building an, essentially another canvas in another program. And now I'm going to figure out if I can, once I get 
the canvas operational by itself without any pictures loaded into it. Um, I might keep it separate and then somehow figure out if there's a way that the the program's graphical unit user interfaces once there's a event that is activated if the one program can send data to another one and have it be displayed even though they're essentially two separate side-by-side -side programs running not sure haven't come across that hurdle right now we're just getting a canvas to be displayed on a test um, test window so it's back to basic functionality building the window building the titles building the labels um, putting the dimensions background colors all the things calling widgets calling buttons and stuff like that so that's where I, I left off today I didn't want to stay up too late coding um, part of my busy life is sometimes I'll uh, like just get overly exhausted I don't mind staying up late but my oftentimes even though I might not be tired my my body will have a lot of aches and pains and so that the reason I'm recording right now is just kind of finish off the night with a um, kind of a diary or just a personal self monologue um, and then I'm gonna post this finish off the night instead of staying up till 2 we're just gonna end it at midnight um, so that's a little bit about my coding progress for the last week and a little bit about the learning moments for coding um, so upcoming goals that I have for this week coding is probably going to be start diving into other languages I had a idea about a program that I just want to experiment with mostly to kind of teach myself and see if what things are possible now I had this random idea uber super popular DoorDash is super popular Instacart is super popular they all have the kind of the basic functionality of a software company has arbitraged other people's labor to service a customer base now for uber that customer base is basis people who need rides so they built a software platform where people can upload an app to their phone and drivers can upload an app to their phone and on demand a, the application connects a client with a possible driver now they don't know each other but they're in the same kind of region and essentially the application we all know how it works but it geosynchronously links them together and through the billing function of tracking those cell phones of where they're moving a software company got a random person off the street to drive another random person off the street without even knowing two pe those two people the closest the that third-party company uber got to knowing the person was probably the driver for they probably had to approve of the driver's car because they're representing the company uber in itself and you know for safety concerns because probably legally wise if something were to happen to the client uber would be more liable if something were to happen happen to the driver while he was under the guise of driving for uber now the same process pretty much happens with doordash and instacart clients have some need in the case of doordash people want food from a restaurant delivered to their house 
same driving function. It's just a different software providing a slightly different so um, service. Very similar software, but different service in the end. DoorDash is deliveries. Uber is driving people. And Instacart is taking people groceries. DoorDash and Instacart are almost identical. Um, Instacart's a little bit more elaborate now working with grocery stores and inventorying and things. Now, there's some people that I kind of follow online. Um, one guy that stands out is Peter Diam uh, Diamantis. And his thesis coming up for the future is entrepreneurs are going to have to work on three key things to create and build businesses. And this has always been like the loop effect of how businesses today are kind of working. And that's why I've always kind of worked in the past. But there, it's a 3D process. First D is democratize. Second one is decentralize. And third is um, demonetize. Okay. And so technology usually helps with all those things. Democratize, decentralize, demonetize. Okay, and that's not, those things aren't a bad thing. It's just what needs to happen in the market process to innovate and to drive um, productivity in the market. And when part productivity in the market is injected into the market and people are valuing that productivity, we see value increase um, right most people don't pay things right if you earn money and you want to buy something no matter what it is there is some kind of economic gain right and if you dwindle it down to the most baseline functionalities there is some kind of productivity that is happening in your psychology right whether it's buying a car, buying food, anything, no matter what, there's some kind of productivity gain that is economic to that individual person and that constantly changes every single second of the day. As, we, as our value paradigms constantly shift, we are working to that end. We are constantly always trying to find the most productive, productive and economic value for what our goals want to achieve. Now, that most economic value might be going to work to make money, right? Where we have to shift our mind. Instead of spend money, we now have to go earn it temporarily. And once we earned it, we shift back to spend it. And it's just constantly back and forth, back and forth. Okay? So, that's a function that's at play. So, that's, that's the goal of the entrepreneur is demonetize, democratize, and decentralize. Okay. Any anything that humans do, we're going to be working through that process. Okay. So how does this work out? Well, let's look at it historically. Historically, we had this thing called math, for instance. And eventually, after thousands of years of doing math, someone came up with a computer. And then the computer was in, implemented and then computers started doing math and that's when it took a little bit of the human out of it right? and then 
computers got smaller and then we have a calculator and then we have a portable calculator now that calculator is on the phone and now that calculator application is on the phone and now it's free right and that's kind of a sped up timeline of how that might have worked right so where once once math was handled at the professor and um, collegiate level now we can do really advanced calculations in the po in our in our pocket and in our palm right so that's the democratizing element the demonetizing element is do we pay for that application that's on our phone no we expect it to be there right when we buy a phone there's there's once technology hits a certain throughput right when it's when it's new entrepreneurs can have it can profit off of it but eventually the innovation gets expected and it's then then we need to re-innovate right and move on to the next thing and so over time and this is where things kind of get pulled to together uh, i'm old enough to real to know remember the days of when there was a cell phone and a um a mp3 player and they were separate entities right um where once i was listening to cd players and then i moved on to mp3 players and that was a cool thing to happen to me getting a little handheld device that can hold thousands of songs and then i had a cell phone that can text and then we thought in our head i'm like that would be it would be so cool if these things could do the same like can work together sure enough five years down the line iPhone comes out and it's the first of its kind of iteration and generation that would start doing that right and so it's pulled two devices and completely made them ancillary and obsolete so we no longer have a cell phone and an mp3 player we don't even have CD players anymore um, so that's the um, demonetizing force that is at play as technology advances and we move towards more and more productivity there's also going to be that polarizing effect in energy of the older technology and the less the older one that is being innovated on top of like a foundation or a pyramid right you build something new you can profit off it you build something new that is an innovation on top of that right that gets superseded and that one last tier is now becoming cheaper and going its value is going towards zero and this is democratizing or demonetizing okay and we can apply this force to everything so anything we pay for entrepreneurs should be looking okay how how can we essentially innovate on top of this that'll increase profit profitability for me but eventually in a long enough time frame it'll go down to zero and decentralizing is just getting it out there for everyone so if something is behind closed doors held for a few how can we broadcast it to masses and, and so those are the three forces that at play that, that every entrepreneur should be doing and that's the way I've understood it from his message and I really think of it as an interesting um, thought process so my value message or my my thought processes how like since since uber instacart and doordash are all at play 
what problems can I solve? Now, I started a handyman business probably about two, uh, probably going about three years ago. Right? I don't really work with it that much, but I've always had this lingering effect, especially being like a home homeowner myself. As a handyman, I got to like broadcast a lot to a lot of people and the marketing and the branding and stuff like that. It's really when it's, I just wanted it to be cheaper and easier. And I was trying to think of ways that I could make it cheaper and easier. And there really aren't currently any systems at play. So you got to build. So I've always had this thought of like, okay, you might have to build something to make it a little bit easier to kind of do that. Um, is that through social media? Is that through marketing? Purchasing media material? I don't know. But I also didn't want to do all the labor. Right? Um, trying to get out of doing less, more labor-intensive stuff personally for my own personal lifestyle. Um, but as a stay-at-home dad, I'm realizing this 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 thing. I have a lot of junk everywhere. Junk stores up. I have a yard. Maybe it needs mode. Why bother going to the yellow pages or Google searching something? Why not have a gardener or maid service or some kind of service that goes to your house on demand? Very similar to these 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 sites. And so I looked online to see if there was any like market. There is like a couple sites that are trying to do this, but it's like it's like going to Indeed. People post their resumes and their contact information. I'm like, this is already too much work. How do I make this easier? And then then Uber and DoorDash popped in my head. I was like, is the is the profit and the value of in the system just making it that simple? Taking Diamantis's principles at play of like, okay, what is something that is not democratized, demonetized, or decentralized, and making it those things? Okay. Um, look at maybe look at now the now some issues might come down the line of like there's a reason why we haven't really touched those things is because there's no really a we're chasing money, right? Because money is the economic value system of how we assess things, right? So there might not be a demand for it. But if the product exists, maybe there can, demand can be created. I haven't really fluffed these out, but with my new interest in coding, this is all just random thoughts and experiment, but I thought, I was like, maybe there might be a way to make a self-service on-demand kind of mobile phone application that can function completely identical um, on the kind of interconnectivity of the someone needs a job, someone is on the other end that needs work. Connecting them through cells, service, and just like on-demand, making things easier and cheaper and putting more people to work quicker and faster and more efficiently and people getting work done more quicker and faster and efficiently without having to put have all these layers of difficulty in between and just smoothing it out. 
So there might be a process in there. And that's what I wanted to explore. It was like, okay, what programs or what languages do I have to learn about? What web infrastructures? What backend infrastructures do I have to interconnect? Databases and things like that. This is just more like a pet project hobby at this point. But there could be something there in the long run if it gets spun up. So that's just kind of cool things I wanted to talk about today. Let's check my check my notes real quick. Um, my last little little notes tidbits was maybe talk about uh, my videography experiment with my dad. I went on a hiking trip with my dad this week, and we shot some video snippets. The goal was to kind of play around with. Myself being a highly creative person, I have a hard time sitting down still. I'm constantly st stretching and grasping at little different legs and little things here and there of trying to just stretch and expand my creative repertoire. So getting into back into the social media game and trying to be kind of more branded and branding myself, exploring of like what different avenues of branding can I can I explore how do I present myself on TikTok Instagram Twitter Facebook YouTube and things like that branching all realms right now it's going to be keep it's going to be busy right but I needed to kind of explore all these different things and so I had start all the channels in my head was brainstorming different ideas um and like three of them all rely around video content so I was going to start with YouTube content and just making a, a video on something I like which is hiking and so I kind of took the model of what people are currently doing and since I had no experience actually vid um, shooting video or editing it I just kept it super simple and kind of looked at their model and we're going to just kind of work off that and so i shot some video of me solo hiking with my dad and it's just kind of me walking around the trail in different cuts and eventually i'm going to upload that to an editor and kind of get it chopped down and hopefully posted pretty soon goal is to get it done within the month i should probably hit a higher deadline if i get too busy i don't know i might let it fall away so the goal is to probably try to get it load uh, the snippets up and kind of get a rough rough edit going within the week but we'll see what happens next three days I have uh, the baby goes to daycare with uh, her grandmother and grandfathers um, for the next couple of days and that time frames that I get free is isolated to college projects and so I might talk about that in another podcast um so for closing statements thanks for uh, tuning in if you guys are still there um this is a little bit long i went 35 minutes i previously was keeping this relatively short to kind of keep um podcasting attention span i'm relatively still new to the podcasting realm so my skills are a little lackadaisical and i feel like my viewership probably drops pretty quick i don't know analytics says some people tune in for a while some people don't um but i've been trying to keep them shorter and i went a little bit longer today sorry not sorry it's just 
had to get my thoughts out there for the world to imbibe and enjoy. Uh, have an exciting week for anyone that's out there listening, and I hope you guys continue to stay in tuned. And for everyone out there listening, stay classy. Bye. <laughs>